What's up, everybody in the podcast world? Welcome to another episode of Everything Under the A Umbrella, brought to you by WeWe Media. This is the first episode of 2021, and I'm kind of hyped to be with my good friend Bobby Pham from Vietnam. Bobby, tell these guys what's up and tell them who you are. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Bobby. Uh, I've been in digital marketing in some form or capacity, I guess, for the last, I mean, almost 15 years now. So yeah, um, about a couple oh, of years gee. ago, I decided, yeah, I've been here for a while. Uh, <laughs> um, a couple of years ago, I made the move out to Vietnam. You know, I've been a regular visitor of Asia for the last five, six years or five years, I guess now. But uh, yeah, last couple of years, I've been, you know, decided to move out to Vietnam, wanted something different. So yeah, here I am, Vietnam. So just sitting here trying to make this agency client work thing work. And uh, trying to make it out during these times all right man so basically we'll spend the next half hour or so just chopping it up um me and bobby kind of i would say we go way back because i did i met you pretty early in my uh career here in this industry uh, i met you i think when you were with accelerator went with charles's group um so where did you actually start your i would say digital marketing career I started my digital marketing career, I would say, pretty much right after college, which was like way back in 06, 2006. Um, I just knew mm -hmm. that I wanted to do something online, something on the internet. So I wasn't even really necessarily looking for digital marketing specifically. I just wanted to somehow create a future where I wouldn't always have to be in an office. So I knew I needed something to be Did you, on a computer or like, online. What made you more interested in kind of getting a job in internet marketing or anything like that? Were any of your friends into it? Uh, did someone influence you or kind of show you the way? I mean, no, I never specifically sought out digital marketing. It was like the, the, the thought process was literally, I need something on the computer. Eventually I need to be remote mm. or remote. So something on the computer, like anything that's seen, you know, remotely, like I could do online. And, and the job that I remember applying for, the first job I had was for a company called Matt Sleepy, ran by again. And in Tony, which, you know, even by that time at 06, he was like an OG in that marketing. I think he had some experience in you know, all kinds of um, like white hat, gray hat, black hat, all kinds of stuff, which at that time I didn't know any of that stuff. But I remember the job wasn't very mm -hmm. clear what it was. It just some, something about reaching out to websites or something like that. So I just applied, brought me, they brought in and went through the interview. And that position ended up being um, a link building, a link building position. And link building is a specific uh, skill set okay. under SEO. So, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and yeah, that was, you, that was so, like why, how I ended up in digital marketing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So I never knew that. How long did you hold that position for? Um, I held that position for not very long. I think it only lasted about three or four months. Um, they brought me and some other person on like two beginner link builders or entry level for entry level position link building. Um, and because they had just brought on a bigger, a pretty big client, Party Poker or Party Gaming at the time. So we were working for Party Poker um, and we were doing link building and some SEO for them. Uh, but in a, within a couple of months, uh, I think there was a new, some, some uh, U.S. regulations that affected online gambling, which really affected Party Gaming. So because of that, you know, they, the client started reducing budget or something like that. So we eventually got let go. So it was only really a couple of um, months. Okay. So give me uh let's jump back real quick. Cause you said that uh, this position taught you a certain skill that's very 
important when it comes to SEO, which is link building. Uh, can you give me a brief description of what link building is and uh, a little bit of details for people who might not know what it is? Yeah, sure, sure. So one of the factors that helps you, you know, rank higher in search engines is links, the number of links that you have and the type of links that you have. When we talk about links, mm -hmm. we're literally just talking about if you're browsing a page and you see a link that points to another page, like click here or visit this site mm -hmm. or homepage, and you click on that link and links mm -hmm. to another site. Well, mm -hmm. in a very simple, in a simplified, I guess, description, those links, the more links that you have of those pointing to your site and the better type of links you have, uh, the more it'll help you with SEO. So a link builder, what they do is they try to help sites get more of these links. So that's their specific mm -hmm. you know, job, you know? So, and there's a lot of different ways and tactics to get different types of links. There's a lot of different types of links to get. So you can kind of really nerd out here, but that's essentially mm -hmm. what link building is, is trying to get more of these links. So from there, um, what was your, what was your, where did you take your skills uh, next? So from not sleepy, I started working for some like lab equipment company. I think they sold like lab equipment. Um, yeah, they sold, that's, well, that's what they did. Yeah, but I pretty much in that role was a more general SEO position, a general SEO specialist, I would say. Uh, but that only lasted, I think, for like maybe a year, a year or so. I found another opportunity in link building as, as well. Um, from, well, from there, I took, a, I took a mini break and did poker part time. And then uh, after I did got after I got bored of that after I got bored of that I decided to go back back into I guess digital marketing. So around 2008, I started working for this agency at the time called Intrapromote. Yeah, I started off doing link building there. Eventually, kind of became a, a general SEO specialist and did some PPC work. But I was pretty much there from for about hey, what 2008. So for about seven years, seven and a half years. Like I remember leaving in 2015 oh, wow. to start affiliate marketing. Yeah, but that was like the bulk and majority of like where I really learned or, you know, I guess some basics and link building and SEL and things like that. Okay. And then I guess when you said you started in 2015 with the affiliate marketing, is that when you joined uh, the accelerator group or where you had some yeah. before that? No, that's when I joined accelerator and I started working with Charles, you know, when we met, but actually towards like the end, of my time at Intrapromote, that agency, or a couple of years prior, I started kind of dabbling in like different ways of trying to make money online outside of SEO. So I kind of stumbled on mm -hmm. affiliate marketing, you know, like yeah. probably most people, I didn't really know what it was. I was just trying to figure out what this, all these terms meant and what it worked and how to set up stuff. So I was dabbling in and out, but I was still quite lost to be honest with you. I still couldn't quite figure it out. You know, I, I, had, I had some early success, but they were mostly lucky. Like I just got really lucky on some of the early successes and I couldn't really maintain it. So going into working with Accelerator, I did have some experience in, you know, I guess, digital marketing, but I would have considered myself like you know, anything special, probably barely average. <laughs> so for what were you kind of testing out? Uh, what did you have like um, decent success with when you were testing out on your own? Uh, the most memorable and, and biggest success that I had was... Um, I think I was uh, running email submits, email and zip submits, mostly email, Apple, like iPhone, Apple email submits on Google ads. So I was able to cloak, mm -hmm. I found some like a uh, custom script in some form. I paid for it from a guy with only a couple hundred bucks and the guy kind of showed me how to set it up and use it. 
And man, I was pretty much just direct linking to email submits and man, it was like killing it. Like I think I had like, you know, did two months and I think I did like, you know, I was like almost close to 20K in revenue uh, mm-hmm. both those months. So that's kind of was like, oh shit, like this stuff is real. Like this is what it's like. And then, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. eventually Google, if, if Google, shut, Google shut my account down. I was a little aggressive. I started launching a whole, whole bunch of campaigns thinking this is, oh man, it's easy. I'm just keep launching campaigns, my Google ads. <laughs> and I think uh, eventually I got a little too aggressive and I, they shut my account down. And I never figured out how to get accounts. I didn't know like farming accounts or buying accounts was a thing back then. I, was like, shit, yeah. I don't know how to get another account. I don't even know so. if it was a thing back then, uh, to be honest. Back, I, I know like people started farming accounts, you know, later in the like 2000 like maybe 17 18 uh where that became almost like mandatory to do uh just because facebook got a little bit smarter google got a little bit more strict and then you know that's when accounts started going down on on the regular uh so how did you kind of stumble across um accelerator um, well, I think Charles is one of the, you know, during that time. So this actually for me, when I did those campaigns was around like 2010, actually 2010, 2011. Mm. So like between 2010 and 2015, like I, some, I kind of dabbled in and out of like random stuff as it really started yeah. marketing. Uh, I think during that time, I think obviously Charles started blogging a little bit. His blog became pretty popular. I kind of stumbled because I think I saw him posting in forums. I remember some of the forums that I was in, like I saw this Charles Go guy or Dr. No guy, whatever posting. And uh, eventually, <laughs> I remember you know, those I followed days. his blog. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and like everyone else, I just followed his blog and kept up with his content. Um, I started working for him because I got this idea. I was like, oh man, I should like email this guy. See if like I can work for him or something like that. So mm-hmm. the funny story was I remember the first time I looked um, like I sent this really long email, like a really, a really long email, an unnecessarily long email. Um, like just to kind of describe my situation and describe my situation at the time, I, I clearly was probably venting or, or doing something like overly sensitive like that at the time. <laughs> and then yeah. a year later, you know, as I'm still reading his blog and he never really responded, I think he gave like a really brief response. I'll think about it. And then a year later I had like some enlightenment, uh, an awakening. I was like, man, why do I send this guy this long ass email? He's definitely not, he's too busy to read all this shit. So I literally got <laughs> to the point and let him, you know, Hey, this is what I am. This is what I can offer. Or which is pretty much like any mentorship that you can offer and I'll do, you know, I'll work for you for free or whatever. And yeah. he responded to that. You know, I think he appreciated that. Um, I emailed twice and uh, yeah. So then I started working for him for a couple months for free. And then eventually, you know, he had, a, he was starting up this accelerated thing. He said, Hey man, I got a position. If you're trying to come on board. So that's mm-hmm. how I began. That's the first, first official hire. So I was ex- excited at the time. I mean, to be honest with you, man, like that was around the time that uh, I entered the the industry was when Charles was kind of starting his courses and stuff like that. And um, to be honest, like I had this a similar story reaching out to Charles uh, because I knew that he was kind of, quote unquote, uh, you know, a guru. And he was one of the first people that were doing these courses uh, around the U.S., uh, and at, around that time, um, I was prospecting and, and looking for new clients and new businesses, uh, new business partners. So then I shot him an email. I'm like, Hey, you have, you know, a course going around somehow I need to get involved and use that as a farming system for new affiliates. Uh, luckily, uh, I think he needed some content for the three day workshops. And, um, I was with a different company then. And then 
he was able to, you know, take my PowerPoint and present it during those, uh, during those courses. And I think it was like 30, 30 students, a city, a few cities a year. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, because of that one PowerPoint dude, I don't know if you know this, but like my portfolio just skyrocketed. And then I don't even think I told Charles this, but he definitely helped put me on the map. Um, I didn't even have to look for new business after that. And those were the days where like, you know, there wasn't too many courses out there. There wasn't too many people trying to teach. Um, a lot of people were still trying to, you know, keep everything to themselves. And, you know, coaching wasn't a business that yet at that point. Uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years, there's a lot of different courses out there. Um, but I do remember Charles being one of the first. So that's kind of how we came across each other um and i remember working together together on that capacity yeah i remember working together on that together so yeah i remember the little like a little presentation and information that you added to like some of our courses stuff i remember actually bringing you your your stuff to charles attention like hey man like this guy's trying to do all this or stuff (laughs) you think so yeah and like what's it called and then what would happen was if you you signed up to your course um you automatically kind of funneled them to me and that's when i was just like oh this is too easy bro um, so yeah, that's how we met. And then, so you moved to Miami for that, right? Uh, when you joined Accelerator? I did. I did. You know, actually that was kind of like a, you know, I guess, um, like a time for me, like there's some things going on in my personal life that really kind of reset or changed my way of thinking. And I think when I Charles offered me the position, he said I could stay remote. And mm-hmm. I was in North Carolina at the time and we're from, he wanted to see, you know, he was moving to Miami and he said, you know, if you guys come to Miami, this would be better. Uh, so he gave me those options and I was like, you know, it's time for some, some change in life. So I picked up everything and I uh, just went to Miami and so began Bobby 2.0. So um, how many years did you spend there? At Accelerator specifically or Miami or? Yeah, uh, Accelerator, Accelerator. So it was specifically and officially a salary. I only actually spent a little over a year, slightly over a year. Um, so mm-hmm. I was in Miami for another year after that. So I was in Miami for pretty much almost two and a half, about two and a half years. But at salary, I was only there for about a year, a little over a year. So, um, I mean, when, uh, I guess because I have a certain image of Charles because I came in so fresh and, you know, when I came in, he was that guy who was kind of, you know, the, the first guru that I kind of quote unquote looked up to. Um, you got to work with him on a everyday basis. You kind of saw how he operated. Uh, you know, in a year you could learn a lot. What are the kind of main takeaways you took from working with that group? Oh man, I learned a lot. I think that was like one of the biggest uh, learning experiences that I've gone through, you know, I guess, you know, through my adult, I guess my adult life. Um, you know, before that time, you know, I pretty much for the most part, you know, grew up in smaller towns in North Carolina. Um, so I would say that my circle of, uh, I guess, people that knew digital marketing was pretty much small or non-existent. Um, so when I worked with Charles, like being that close to Charles on a daily basis, he was the first person, yeah. and I tell this story all the time to people, he was the first I was considered high performer that I'd ever been around. So I'd never been around something mm. who, I guess, you know, you know, was really skilled or really successful in a particular category, I guess at that time, affiliate marketing. And um, so some mm-hmm. of the takeaways I learned was like being exposed to what really hard work is. 
um, thinking on a mm. bigger picture, you know, focusing on things like mm. focusing on actions that actually move the needle. Like I think most people focus things really have an impact. So things like, so the 80, 20 rule, I'm, I'm really big into that. I'm really big into again, mm. things that move the needle oh, hard. Mm. Just, just thinking, thinking bigger, thinking like a boss, I would say. So, so, so those are things, those are some of the things I really learned uh, working under Charles problem solving another one. So, mm -hmm. and, uh, who else was a part of, uh, that team that you kind of grew close with? I, I remember, uh, Anne was there, but I don't remember mm -hmm. too many other people outside of you two. Yeah. So Anne was there and then Charles had a friend of his who was from the area, uh, his name was Vu, Vu, who's also, you know, mm -hmm. decent, pretty oh well. Oh my God. Some of the affiliate Yeah, yeah. Shoot. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, of course, of course. And nice, uh, man. Eric, so who was his who's a, yeah, who's his cousin. So yeah. Also pretty well known in the affiliate marketing community or not as well known, but because he, he likes to stay lower key. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. And all of you guys were based out of Miami, right? Yeah, we had all moved to Miami at the time. You know, everyone moved, you know, so Charles, Eric, and Boo all were from Atlanta, so they all moved to Miami together. Anna came coming from Texas, me from North Carolina, and we all made this big move and came together in Miami. And so, yeah, that's dope. So then, from Accelerator, uh, I guess what was your next move after that? So from Accelerator, I was trying to figure out, like I was trying, you know, make things on my own work, you know, for a couple of months, for a couple months trying to do some things together <clears throat> actually me and eric were trying to make things work together we actually had both just try to go on our own and see if we can make things work uh we only did get we were only together for a couple of months before we decided to you know try different our own thing um views on how we should try to you know i guess make or, or the different projects would work and so we thought it was better if we just go separate um so from there i was trying my things on my own fortunately and luckily um i heard from peter you know so working with yeah. WW Promoter at the time, yeah, you know, he mm -hmm. reached out, or I think he reached out actually when I first went on my own, but I told him I was going to try to do something, and then I reached back out, yeah. and uh, yeah, you know, he accepted me. So yeah, and so that was I started working. I think WW Promoter is a traffic source, pop up traffic, and uh, mm -hmm. I started working there doing um because I think at that time they were also trying to do some media buying on their own, trying other traffic pop up yeah. traffic and other traffic sources. So I was there to come help out, pretty much help out the you know, being a media buyer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we even, um, worked together at that point for a few months. We had a few good campaigns, um, that you worked yes. that you made work with search. Uh, I think it was some, some just branded campaigns that you made work with search and we had a decent run, yep. um, at that point. It didn't last too, too long, but it was a, a good spotlight for, for a minute. Um, and then from Toronto, for yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, wow. From Toronto, where did you kind of head after uh, after promoter? Yeah, that's actually right. So actually, from when I, me and Peter, you know, decided to work together, I was still in Miami at the time. So we met, and then he asked me to come to Toronto. So you know, I accepted. Um, you know, and then went to Toronto. Now we did that for a couple of months as well. Fortunately, these were the campaigns, and it was hard to kind of get some of the infrastructure back up because I think, particularly, having some troubles, you know, trying to make stuff work. Um, so, fortunately, we went different directions. 
Um, so from, from that time, so that's mid, mid 2017, I'm actually in Toronto getting, I'm actually going back and forth living between Toronto and New York. Um, mm. so for pretty much the second half of 2017, I was just doing all kinds of different hustles, like trying to just, you know, like make money and, and survive, you know, trying to be on my own. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. I only really had a couple months of like savings. So like, I wouldn't recommend people to pass the route that I, that I took. <laughs> so had a couple months yeah. savings. I mean, had, had some debt, <laughs> but you know, I, those I type of accept, times you know, kind of looking for other people and going to office. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, those are the type of times that you know, kind of build character. When you're kind of backs against the wall, you gotta do what you gotta do and and buckle down. So after yeah. that, you moved to Vietnam. Was is it where you are today? Yes. So I think at the end of 2017, I think like somewhere in the beginning or close to the middle of 2017, like I said, you know what? And I actually had quit my, I already quit my job at this time. I was like, I'm going to Vietnam no matter what by the end of this year. So I went ahead and bought my tickets. I got to figure out how to make it work between now and then. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. pretty much December 2017, I started my, I traveled around Asia a little bit, settled in Vietnam beginning of 2018. And then, yeah, I moved to Vietnam, uh, you know, then I was still hustling. I was still trying to make different things work. I didn't have anything like concrete yet. So I had like a lot of different hustles still within digital marketing, you know, client work, SEO, still doing some black hat media buying for some other people that I knew. So really miscellaneous mm-hmm. projects, like pretty much any way that I could hustle online, I was to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. kind of describe that um, wow. part of, of just moving to Vietnam um, and you know, was it a, a crazy experience? Was it uh, difficult to find work online or, you know, how was that transition in your life? Um, I guess, and how did that turn into a, you know, how did that, how did you get to your SEO agency today? Um, well, I guess the transition of going from, you know, like, are we talking about specific, we don't need to talk about like how, like my physical, like you know, me being on my own and like how, like moving my shit, mostly just the, I guess my career part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, we can talk about the grind if you want, but uh, we don't have to. Whatever you <laughs> no. feel like. <laughs> the way to I feel like your audience wouldn't care how I was living out of two suitcases for a while. Like, you know, it's easy, man. A two suitcase. <laughs> nah. So we'll just talk about the career portion of it. Um, well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, being working online in Vietnam, you know, location has no dependence on, you know, or impact on like, you know, my ability to work yeah. right? outside of just in a general mm-hmm. happiness. Right. So I was already all these different hustles. Right. But part of the hustle was still doing client work. So, mm-hmm. um, I decided that, you know, I had all these different hustles and some hustles would last, some hustles would go down and stuff like that. And what I decided to do is one of the hustles was still general digital marketing, but I was doing it for clients, you know, mostly through Upwork actually. And I decided to, I love Upwork. at, at by this the way. point I'm actually, <laughs> yo, people sleeping on Upwork, man. They don't know. So <laughs> I've been thinking about trying to release a course for a while. And then people, people don't really know how to make Upwork work. You know, they can make it. It's easy to work. Yeah. They're just willing to work. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, so, but keep in mind pretty much when I started working for Charles, like, I hadn't really done much SEO stuff. I had done general digital marketing. That's the thing that affiliate marketing teaches you. It's like all the digital marketing skills that you need. I did SEO. Keep in mind, I was doing SEO before Charles for seven to eight years. 
right? Yeah. When I did affiliate marketing, I learned, I had to learn how to set up a website. I had to learn like hosting, optimizing websites. I had to learn like some technical stuff. I had to learn about copywriting. I learned how to launch ads, media buying, Google ads, Facebook ads, and all these different traffic sources, how to track, how to think like a media buyer. But I hadn't really done SEO stuff, right? So I had acquired all this mm -hmm. new skills and this new experience. I was like, you know what? Let me try this SEO thing again, right? That's what I used to do. That's where my hometown is. That's where I'm from. I'm not really great yeah. at this media buying stuff. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I got a couple of wins here and there, but I'm not consistent at it. Maybe this is just not my thing. Let's go back and try to see if we can make SEO work again, and particularly client work, because that is a world that I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with, you know, how the client yeah. agency model works. So I decided to really double down on client work because I was just going on Upwork, you know, applying for as many jobs as I could, um, trying to get SEO work. So yeah, and it just started kind of picking up. I picked up, I picked up a couple of clients here and there, or uh, actually a decent amount of clients. Um, I was lucky because I actually was really familiar with Upwork, and I think that was one of the edges that I had that helped me get started. Uh, when I started working for Charles, that was like really the first time like I really got exposed to something like Upwork and using freelancers. And I didn't realize how easy it was to like hire people overseas and find the right people. And I actually didn't realize how talented some of these people were for obviously. Yeah, some man, for rates, sure. Right. Yeah. I have, That's I, like, I've used Upwork oh, yeah. numerous times and have, have, uh, found people that are on my team now, you know? Uh, so when it comes to Upwork and the potential of it, I can relate, uh, to, you know, I, I feel like it's a really good source to find, uh, quality people. I, I tell people, I'm like, if you have Upwork, as long as you have Upwork, you can make any idea work. Like you just have, if you have, you have access to Upwork, all you need is Upwork. You can have any idea work. you can find someone to Upwork to help execute your idea for certainly at an affordable rate. So, um, mm -hmm. but you know, fast forward to like, you know, I think what, what helped me with Upwork was it, when I was working with Charles, I was really, we were always outsourcing work or hiring people from, from Upwork for, for, for different projects and positions. You know, I would post up a job and I would get all these applications. And I recall all the applications and proposals were just mad doo-doo. Like people were just proposing, like they had copy and paste, like plus and stuff like that. They didn't really yeah. address the issue overpriced or clearly wasn't fit for the job, low ratings. So when I started applying for jobs, I remember that I was like, you know what? I'm going to really try to stand out from, you know, my competitors, people proposing, I mean, sending proposals for these jobs. That was actually another thing I worked for Charles is trying to go above and beyond, like try to outwork your competition or just stand out. Knowing that these guys were sending really doo-doo or shitty proposals, I put a lot of effort into my proposals. Like I would send a lot of proposals and I would put a lot of effort into it. I would really read the job description. I would try to offer some upwork yeah. and advice up front in the proposal. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I would record a video. Sometimes I'd record a screenshot, That's, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. That stuff yeah. matters to and, me, uh, to be honest. As a, someone who's hiring, uh, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people who just do the cookie cutter uh, copy and paste. And there's people who do videos, which is like when I got my first video application, I was like, whoa, I definitely want to hire you because you care. Um, and you actually took the time to do something different. So um, I could see that working out for sure. Yeah. So that's what really helped me. Um, yeah. I mean, really get helped me get going on upwards kind of this effort, extra effort and proposals. So, but mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I just, just, just kept picking up clients from that way. And eventually, you know, I got big enough that, you know, I needed to start building a team. Nice. Nice. So now like yeah. present day, uh, 
you are running a SEO agency. So you've kind of fully went back to, back to your strengths, back to what you know, the fundamentals, um, which is, you know, it's, it's crazy how your journey takes you, you know, full circle. Um, and yeah. you've learned so many, you've seen, you lived in multiple cities, worked with multiple like successful entrepreneurs, picked up what you needed to pick up. And then uh, kind of, you know, ended up back to where you, not back to where you started, but using the skills that you, I guess, felt most comfortable with. Um, and I guess now that you kind of found your, your niche, found your stride, uh, you know, how do you kind of, I guess, what does your SEO agency uh, focus on in terms of niches? I think I saw that you're focused on CBD clients now or um do you accept any sort of uh company or agency work uh well so for a while like in the beginning i just took any work i could a lot of that work at that time happened to be cbd or clients in the cbd and cannabis space i um mm -hmm. so you know having success and like one of my really bigger first bigger clients like we did a lot of great work for them and I decided, you know what, I want to work with more of these guys. Like it's a space that I'm familiar with. You know, I am also a user, so I pretty I understand the market, understand like, you know, the product as well. Um, mm -hmm. And with, with this market, you know, obviously becoming really popular in the West and legalization, legalization or regulation starting to become more favorable for this market. I thought it would be something that I wanted to try to, you know, get into and focus on. However, mm. <laughs> however, you know, during that time, as I was growing, I started getting a lot of uh, referral business from clients, from people within my network, friends as well. So um, I actually, so short story is I'm not really focused on CBD at the moment. I'm just kind of taking whoever. And that's mostly because people just come into me, you know, from referrals, whatever. So I didn't really want to turn down business, especially since a lot of these people yeah. are people I have some relationship already with. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess, I have a couple like naive or beginner questions, but uh, you know, what would you say? Cause I come from an affiliate marketing background, obviously. So I'm all about kind of uh, you know, cost per acquisition traffic, Facebook traffic, email traffic. And honestly, something that gets overlooked now that I'm an e-commerce brand owner um, is SEO. So what are some of the, you know, I guess what are the more important reasons why business owners should be focusing on SEO uh, just as much as like kind of uh, like Facebook ads or social ads and, and the other type of traffic sources? Well, I think SEO should be, I wouldn't necessarily prioritize or say SEO is better than some of the channels that you just mentioned, Facebook, Google ads or whatever. But I would say, uh, you know, SEO is certainly something that should be considered. And for a couple of reasons, one, and Google's the most visited website in the world, right? People are, anytime someone any, begins any type of research, they go to Google first. So because of that, mm -hmm. you want to have some presence in Google, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's the first thing is, you know, just like don't miss out on this clear opportunity here, right? Um, yeah. I think it's like, actually, I don't want to quote any stats because I don't want to have any incorrect stats <laughs> quoted. So, but the majority of people, <laughs> go online first before doing any research, right? They go to a restaurant, they buy something, they go online, solve a problem, they go online first. So there's this huge market yeah. of people already likely looking for what you have to offer right, that you're missing out on. The first thing, mm -hmm. uh, or the first reason, one of the biggest reasons. Second reason is it's essentially free with an asterisk, right? Like people always say, oh, SEO is free traffic. Well, it's 
free, um, there are resources involved in trying to rank higher. You know, you gotta have your content costs, obviously having people that can actually execute the work, link building, link building has its costs on its own. So SEO does incur costs, but it's not nearly as much as um, what you'd spend on paid traffic, right? Because once you start ranking, once you're in the top spots, it is significantly cheaper to maintain those rankings than it is to actually try to get there, right? Um, so mm -hmm. I think um, you know that's the that's the second reason is that SEO is essentially much cheaper traffic uh, than you know other traffic forms. So. So is, can SEO, would you say it, it's more of a supplementary traffic source for an e-commerce business or can, you know, can it drive some serious volume for, uh, to a website on, on the daily? Yeah. I mean, so in the first, so the first question, or I guess the answer to your second question is yes, SEO can for sure drive some ridiculous volume, just like paid traffic or it does. Um, however, I would actually say that it is mostly a, it should be a supplemental traffic for most businesses. There are some businesses that SEO is likely better as option number one, but it most part should be an add on. It should be actually one of the later channels that you work on just because it takes so long to get going and it's really unpredictable as to, it's difficult to measure the ROI. It's difficult to predict when you'll be ranked. Um, it takes a lot of mm -hmm. time, especially if mm -hmm. you're a newer business. If you're already an established business and you've been around for a while, then SEO is much easier to do and much quicker, much quicker and much easier to mm -hmm. do. I see. So. I see. And I think, and I think that that's why it kind of gets overlooked in the affiliate marketing world because uh, we are so fast paced. We're so performance based and everything must be measured. You know how you said it, it's a little bit difficult to measure the ROI on, on SEO. Uh, but when, you know, when it comes to other traffic sources, they know that, you know, per minute they're watching stats by the minute yeah, um so, <laughs> yeah so i mean so for the people out there do you have any other basic seo tips to help optimize your site yeah i think there's a, a couple like if i was trying to isolate or narrow down just like a handful of tips that are easy and you know, like if you just implement these tips you know you'll likely be 80 percent ahead of the cop or the most of your competitors so the first thing is keyword research. You really want to identify what keywords you want to rank for. And I think that's a difficult, keyword research is kind of a difficult skill to do if you don't have experience in SEO. I think some people think they know how to do keyword research, but I would say the majority of people being in a client space, I hear from clients all the time, the keywords that clients send over are just not the right or, or right keywords. So keyword research mm -hmm. would be the first step. So for example, um, let's say I'm an SEO, I'm an SEO agency owner, right? So I want to rank for mm -hmm. keywords like SEO agency, SEO services, right? Those are the type of keywords mm -hmm. I'm wanting. I don't necessarily want to rank for SEO consultant. That shouldn't be my priority mm -hmm. keyword or my first keyword, right? Someone looking for mm -hmm. an SEO consultant is different than someone looking for an SEO agency, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think, so that's an example of why keyword research is important, right? And people don't naturally, aren't naturally able to make that distinction when they're like trying to figure out the keywords for their audience. So the first thing mm -hmm. is I will tell you business owners to really make sure they know what keywords they're looking for or they want to rank for. Okay. Um, the second thing that's a good is, one. yeah, the second thing is your title tag. Your title tag is the, the text at the top, at the very top of a browser when you go to a web page. It's also the same thing if you search in Google, let's say you type in SEO agency, when you look at all the results at the bottom, that blue little title, that's the title tag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You simply just put 
the keyword that you want to rank for your main one in the title tag, right? So again, in my example, I want to rank for SEO agency. I would have literally just put SEO agency or SEO services in my title mm -hmm. tag, right? Yeah. So just putting the target keyword in your title tag will put you ahead, like way ahead of most people because uh, one, that's like one of the mm -hmm. most important pieces of SEO. That's one of the biggest factors when it comes to SEO. And two, again, most people aren't doing this. Now, I will say this with yeah. an asterisk, if you're in a competitive market or where people are clearly doing SEO already, then you know, it'll take a little bit more than, or a lot more than just putting a keyword in the title tag. But that's yeah. a good second step. Third step and the last thing is just links. Just go out and get links. You can hire a link builder to help you get links. You can go buy links. Google says you shouldn't buy links. And there is some risk of buying links, but it's fairly low, particularly if you know what you're doing. But that's the last piece, just mm -hmm. go out and get links. So if you do these three, you'll be eighty percent ahead. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, those are some quality tips that I'm probably going to implement uh, yeah. into my into my e-commerce business um, as soon yeah. as it gets a little bit more traction. Like you said, it is yeah. right now. A lot of my budget is going to kind of Facebook right now. But there was somebody who said, uh, "I can't find you guys on, on Google," and I was like, "Oh." shit maybe i should pay attention a little bit yeah. more to to seo um yeah. So yeah man uh we spent you know the better part of this uh talking about your professional career uh but you know to the to my to our listeners out there like me and bobby are i would say you know we we're pretty good friends uh, in the industry at least yeah. um you know for the time that we were working together closely. Uh, there was even a part that we lived in the same city. We played some basketball together. So uh, who is uh, Bobby outside of, you know, the hustle, the SEO agency and kind of uh, digital marketing? I know you're a health buff. Are you still kind of keeping up with uh, Muay Thai? Um, you still balling out there in Vietnam? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, so, I mean, in terms of that stuff, well, I never considered myself like a health buff. I just consider, I just care about looking good, to be honest with you. I always like, uh, from, I think when I first went to college, I was like, man, I don't ever want to be worried about not taking off my shirt if I have to. Now, I'm not one of those guys <laughs> that like, will look for reasons to take off my shirt. You know, I really don't like to do selfies or, you know, social media selfies. I feel a certain way. I don't want to be that guy. But deep down, if I have to take off my shirt. All right, I'm okay doing this. I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised. I think everyone will be pleasantly surprised what they see under here. So maybe I do, maybe I do secretly wish for someone to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I guess in terms of being healthy like no like everything i like i i only really work out so i can like you know look good and, and look good and be be in shape i also i also always thought it was pathetic if you like look in shape but you can't run like half a mile you're dead after half a mile so yeah so my my, my training my workout my diet regimen all kind of revolves around those two specific goals is being in shape i guess you know being fit for basketball and and looking presentable without my shirt off. So yeah, I mean, uh, I still do that stuff. I mean, there was definitely a time where I took basketball a lot more serious when I was, you know, trying to be a pro. But after that, it was more like, you know, like you said, just be presentable. Um, and, you know, it's just been difficult balancing everything and keeping health, keeping your health at, you know, top notch. Uh, are you still playing basketball out there in, in Vietnam? Yeah. So actually, you know, I guess around 2015 or 14, I'm doing more affiliate marketing stuff. I actually 
Yeah, I'd always been like an avid basketball hobbyist, pretty much all in my twenties, right? But that stuff kind of gets yeah. it, it, it takes up a lot of time. It's kind of hard on your body. So I was like, you know what? Definitely. I need to retire this. I'm not trying to go pro. I'll just play this for fun. Like, why am I putting <laughs> so much time into this? So like in yeah. 2015, I decided to just literally cold stop and try MMA, right? Just to try something. I always kind of want to know how to like skillfully fight, just in case I never ever had to be ready for something. So I did that for like the better part of two years. But then I came to Vietnam and I kind of missed it. I was doing this MMA stuff, but my heart just wasn't into it. It just wasn't like, it, it just took too much effort to learn. You had to really be devoted. So I found a pickup game with a couple of guys and I played one day. And you know, ever since then, the kind of like the fire or the passion or interest came back. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much actively mm-hmm. play. Like still like a hobby. I'm not like trying to do pro or anything, but I play like twice a week, you know. I'll go do basketball wow. workouts just because I enjoy it. It's just fun to me, yeah. Are you, um, I remember before the you know, COVID kind of hit, um, I'm not too sure if any of the listeners are familiar with the ABL, but Vietnam's got a team, right? Um, yeah. I think you sent me a picture when you were sitting front row. <laughs> Saigon, Saigon Heat. So yeah, Vietnam basketball yeah. scene is definitely, is definitely coming up. I would say, you know, I would say Asian basketball is probably where China was maybe what? 12 years ago something like that so yeah certainly coming the, certainly becoming much more popular out here the crazy part is um a small world is the coach of saigon heat i think his name is kyle julius before right at that time yes i think so yeah i used to play yeah. for him dude in, in canada when oh. i played in the nbl i played for kyle julius he cut me to be honest fun fact now that i bring this up <laughs> Kyle Julius was my last coach. After he cut me, oh, I man. started working in affiliate marketing that week. <laughs> so literally, dude, I got cut. And then this was after my second ACL surgery. So I, I tried to make a comeback. Um, I tried to come back too fast. And then I made it um, all the way to training camp. And then like, I was playing like the competition in the NBL, the National Basketball League of Canada was pretty good at the time. And um, basically, if you're not going to Europe and you're not going to the league, um, I don't think NBA D-League was even that popular. So NBL was uh, on the come up. And then I was playing people who uh, won national championships at Duke. And I was playing some, you know, I think I was 27 at the time and playing some college kids, 23 22 fresh out of college young legs jumping out the building and i'm like fuck this <laughs> like it i was like these guys are moving like machines i can't even feel my knees and then i was like uh my brother the whole time was telling me uh you know come over here come over to the affiliate marketing world and i'm like no nah, it's cool you know i'll just play ball and then after kyle julius cut me i was just like fuck this, man. I got to go make some real money. You know, I'm getting to that age where I'm, I can't be chasing dreams too much. And then it kind of introduced me. Um, so yeah, funny story. That guy, Kyle Juice was my last coach. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, I have to say, I have to say on that note, but by the way, I have to say that as a Hooper, and I think, you know, Hoopers know, and I think there's like, I think I miss the hoop culture. There's like certain stories and niches that Hoopers only know. And they'll know this one is like, they'll hear people. I'm sure every Hooper has ran across someone. One of those guys like, oh yeah, man, I played pro. I played for this college. I played for whatever, right? And they end up playing. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, you play, you play. Like, stop talking about that. Like, you shouldn't tell people that you're not that. You're not yeah. as good as you should be for playing at that level. I think 
obviously you're the probably guy just set the screen in the scrimmages or something like that. <laughs> when you said, yeah, that, man, it's, I didn't have that big of a skepticism, but when you said that, well, I didn't have them as what I'm talking about now. I was pleasant to mm-hmm. see, you know, that you match like, okay, I can see, you know, you, you used to play somewhere. So. Oh like, yeah. You know, when we played, <laughs> when we played that one time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That, that was, that was fun yeah. with Darren, man. Uh, Darren played with us, right? Oh yeah, it was. Yep, yep. You remember? But, uh, yeah, yeah, dude, dude, I, Darren, I, I know exactly. Yeah, this is what I'm referring to. Yes, too. Mm. I remember thinking I was like, man, John's a hooper. This dude can hoop. So. <laughs> so play, um. No. Yeah. Yeah, man. I hopefully one day I can when this stuff clears out, I could head out to Vietnam. It's one place in Southeast Asia I have not been to yet. So I know I got a boy out there to show me, show me what's good. Um, yeah. So this goes to our last rapid fire, uh, section, uh, more of a more light random questions that I'm gonna just shoot at you and you kind of tell me what pops into your head first. Um, so at this moment right now, what is your favorite app? Oh, my favorite app. <laughs> uh coinmarketcap.com oh coinmarketcap <laughs> the crypto app yeah not too bad I, um what is the most rewarding advice you ever received that is a good one the most rewarding advice i ever received mm, i think if i have to pick one that probably sums up a, much of my i guess life philosophies here is uh Done is better than perfect. Actually, Charles told me that. So done is better than perfect. So get stuff done. Don't worry about making it perfect later. Just get it done. Yeah. That's that, that's, that's actually very good advice. Um, would you rather KO someone or submit them? <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. You know what? I feel like a good, I mean, a submission, a KO would look good, but a, a good submission is very impressive. And fighters would really appreciate that. I think submission. Yeah, uh, me too. Um, yeah. But a KO is always good for highlights. A side note, did you watch that Connor fight? I'm sad, man. I know he's my boy, man, but, you know, it took too long <laughs> off. It took too long off, man. I mean, I could spend a whole podcast episode talking about Connor. Um, I'm a fan, you know, just a fan of, of him and, and what he's done to, like, MMA and UFC. But, uh, you know, at the same time, there's people out there that this is their livelihood. This is the way they train. They don't have multi-million dollar alcohol businesses and, and so many different ventures. And I don't. I don't blame him at all of the kind of the path he took because, you know, when you get paid like that, it's hard to get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, I think everyone still respects kind of, I think everyone kind of knows that, but yeah, I think that's, this is, looks like where things are probably heading. I mean, he's already put in the work, you know, he already put in the work. So this is just like a side thing for him now, you know, or how, you know, almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get back into it. Would uh, you rather make 250 grand as an employee or 125 as an entrepreneur. Man, you gotta give me that 125, dog. <laughs> no bosses, man. You gotta give me that 125, man. <laughs> I mean, with 250, you're probably gonna get taxed half of that. So you know, you're probably netting more as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur if you're kind of smart with your business expenses and writing some shit off. So 
Yeah, I'll choose well, the same You'll thing. make more than enough. You'll make more than enough in terms of mental freedom, happiness, and just stress-free. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's worth way more than the extra 125 you'll get. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so um, what's the last song that you played on your phone? <laughs> uh, there's just like, I think, a song called Pablo Escobar. It's kind of like, I've been more of an EDM guy the past couple of years, but Pablo Escobar, I think, yeah. is the last one I just played. So I don't right. think it's a very popular song, but you know, for those who like ADM, pull it up. What's the first thing you notice about someone when you first meet? What is the first thing I notice someone when I first meet? Hmm, I guess it tends to depend depends on the person. If it's a girl, other things. If it's a guy, I suppose other things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think overall, probably. Hmm, I guess in some ways I'm shallow about this. I guess figure, you know, I guess because I put so much effort mm-hmm. in trying to be in shape and looking okay. So I guess I kind of, I yeah. guess subconsciously will judge that about other people. So probably yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There you go. All right, last one. Who's going to win the NBA championship this year? Damn. That's a good one. Well, I would have to say prob- most likely the Lakers. I'd be willing to put money on that uh, even and consider that. So I think the Nets yeah. have a lot of work to catch up on. I, I don't know if they can get by with like the worst freaking defense or almost the worst defense in the league. So, um, yeah, the Lakers. yeah, to be honest, I don't really want yeah. to say it, but the Lakers look like, you know, they have the most chemistry. They have the most uh, experience. And like LeBron is just not getting older, bro. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's on. I don't know what he does with his trainer, but that dude is not slowing down. No, man. I mean, a, I, I think the Lakers, I don't, I don't see how anyone can match up with them. I mean, I, I, I do keep up with NBA, uh, but I can't really see any other team that can really come close to matching them. Maybe Philly this year. Like Philly's looking kind of good, I think, if I, if I recall right. Yeah, they but they're not the going to beat the Lakers. Yeah, well, they can't. Yeah, I don't think they'll beat them, but I think, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if Brooklyn will come out, out of the East just based on what we're seeing so far. Like, I can't see how they make this work. I don't see how they even have enough money to pick up anyone else to make up for the deficiency. So like, I don't know how this yeah. is going to work. And, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Kyrie's game, but that dude is a walking drama. Um, yeah. That guy, I don't know, just needs to show up to work, dude. <laughs> That's it. Just show Pretty up to work. <laughs> <laughs> all right fun. man honestly dude i had a lot of fun uh over the past 30 something minutes uh i haven't even you know caught up with you really over you know the, probably a year and a bit so this was cool i'll probably you know catch up with you after this but for the podcast episode that's basically a wrap um if you have any signing off comments how to find you for if they're looking for a seo agency um, let them know now. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate for having me. Uh, really, thanks for reaching out. Uh, you know, I, I know we haven't talked much the past year and a half, but I know every time we see each other, if we know we're in the same town, you know, we definitely try to get up. You know, so we got that bond there. Um, people, you know, if y'all are trying to reach me, like, you know, my website's kind of under going through a revamp right now, so it doesn't look that great. But yeah, I would say hit me up on Facebook. I'm sure if you search me on Facebook, you know, I'll probably be a mutual within the industry of somebody so yeah mess hit me up on facebook or i guess try to email me through my website all right man thanks a lot bobby and uh thanks everyone for tuning in till next time see ya yeah.